Hello, Erica. Hello, Stephen. <laughs> you just got sleepy despite it being 10 to 2 in the afternoon as we record this. Yeah. I Sometimes Doctor Who just makes me sleepy. It's very calming and relaxing, even when the characters I love are in danger. As they are in episodes 4 and 5 of The Green Death, which we uh, have watched today in this um, counter-programming for Super Bowl uh Marathon Lazy Doctor Who Party Day, mm-hmm. brought to you by <laughs> All Dressed Chips. <laughs> yes, yeah. definitely brought to you by All Dressed Chips. Yeah, we're uh, we're we're hoping to f- at least at the very least finish off the Green Death mm-hmm. and season ten today, uh, and maybe even more, maybe yeah. even more today. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. I have I we are excitingly heading off to Gallifrey One in uh, right. just a couple of days, so there's there's still some packing to be done, and I have some total party kill that needs to get edited and posted. But uh, but other than that, um, it's uh, it's Doctor Who whenever we want. Remember when we did a lazy Doctor Who on the plane once to trip somewhere. Oh, I remember, because I remember we used my previous phone, which had microphones at either end of the phone, so I yeah. could just hold it up in, in front of us, and it didn't sound great. We will never do that again. No, because it sounded like it was on an airplane, yeah. which was amusing, but uh-huh. it was fun. I mean, we could do Lazy Doctor Who in the hotel at Gallifrey One before and or after the convention, since we're getting there early and leaving late. That is the first time that we might actually do that, because we've often thought... Let's, oh, we should do this like on, you know, the Thursday of the wedding. It never happens because Gallifrey's always, always so busy. But you're right. We do arrive and leave a little later this time around. So, yeah. Again, the lazy Doctor Who motto no promises. No promises. But, but uh, the stats came in and we only did five total episodes in 2023 uh-huh. because of, of the bonkers year that we both kind of had. So, mm-hmm. we're, we're hoping to remedy that yeah. in 2024. Yeah, it uh, last year was sort of the the learning how to live with a chronic illness and being busy at the same time, and it didn't uh, didn't go so well for the podcasting. But now we're we're getting better at it. Well, I'm getting better at it. That's true. I'm getting better at it too. Finding the time to watch Doctor Who, uh, Green Death, Episode Four, Episode Five, two in a row. Um, your your thoughts on these two episodes that we saw here today? I I I know I asked you this before. Did you watch this story before for Verity, or and also way back in nineteen ninety four? Uh, well, I certainly didn't watch it in nineteen ninety four. Or in your last big marathon, I thought wasn't that when it was? Uh, yeah, but I didn't have well, I didn't have oh, Pertway yeah. oh, in the right. in the ninety four marathon. No, that's right. It was uh no, but I have seen it. I watched it for Verity. I think I also had watched it previously. I've seen this a few times. Yeah. yeah okay. So this is this is not new to me. Um, right. but uh, but I it's been long enough that I didn't actually remember the specifics of of what was happening. So, um, it was it was fun to watch again. I like. There are so many comparisons between the Doctor and uh, Professor Professor Jones, and it's like it's so correct that scene where he is working and joe is trying to help him and then she tips something over and he gets all stroppy and it's just like yep yep basically he's he's the younger hotter (laughs) version of the doctor so Mm -hmm. it makes sense it makes good sense for her to uh spoilers leave at the end of the story it kind of mimics uh the opening scene of terror the autons when they are introduced and she knocks so uh, to knock over but she you know she it sets on fire and she doesn't know that so she rushes rushes over and gets a fire extinguisher and puts it out you know thus ruining the doctor's experiment and it's it's a it's a cycle it is, yep. And they're even like, you know, using glass tubing and like some of the same props that they mm-hmm. had in that very first scene with Joe and the Doctor. <laughs> yep. 
which I'm sure was on a conscious illusion, just reusing props. Uh, uh, spoiler alert, uh, a prop we saw in these two episodes will show up in a future episode of Doctor Who. That's all I'm saying right now. Is it the Metabilis 3 crystal? Sorry, I should uh, I should uh, clarify. A, a prop we saw in this episode mm-hmm. of Doctor Who will feature in a different episode as not the same prop. Oh. <laughs> yep, so there you go. Okay, that's fun. Is it the chair? I'm not going to say anything. Oh, okay. Nothing. All right, well, then I guess I'm, it doesn't make any sense for me to guess because no. I wouldn't get anything it, out of it. It's like that episode of Babylon, uh, Babylon 5 that I hated the first time I saw it because it was basically just saying, oh, here's all the hints we're going to give to things you don't know yet, but we know, and I hated it. Signs and portents, I think that episode was called. I thought, you're, yeah. just, you're just dancing. You're just like coming back from the future and just dancing around in front of you thinking, I know what you don't know, and then going off, and yeah, it annoyed me. So that was me to you, basically. You don't like foreshadowing, no. is what I'm hearing. I don't like, uh, no, I guess I don't. <laughs> so I apologize for my blatant foreshadowing. I want to point out one thing before, because uh, the doctor said chitness, and yes. you immediately said... Kiteness. Kiteness. And uh, a, a popular anecdote from Barry Letts, uh, the following Monday or Tuesday or whenever the next week, he got a letter uh, from some student or some kid or somebody from some school or something. And the, the letter simply said, Dear Mr. Letts, the reason I'm writing is how to say chitin uh, because they had miss, because uh, they just wrote it and, and they didn't know how to pronounce it. And um, so chitness is how it came out from John Pertwee. Mm-hmm. I just find it amusing that an episode which which has a famous... Uh, mispronunciation also features a word metabilis, which mm-hmm. itself would have a famous mispronunciation uh, some 30 years after this, 40 years after this. Yeah. That is funny. Metabilis. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I, I, I get an, I get a little bit annoyed by that. And I understand that the production schedule of Doctor Who and, and many shows yep. is very tight. So you don't have a lot of time. And at the time, you couldn't just ask your phone, how mm-hmm. do I pronounce this word? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like I I read stories for the, you know, I narrate stories for the Uncanny Magazine podcast. Yeah. And when I come across a word that I'm not super familiar with, I always look it up and try to find at least two different pronunciations from two different sites, you know, or dictionaries, really, because yeah. that's what I go to. Um, and, and just the idea that, like, they did, they actually did rehearsals in these days, right? Well, see, it's on location. And on location, often they would show up, uh, basically re- rehearse, record okay. a scene at a time, as opposed to the studio stuff, gotcha. which they'd rehearse for like two weeks at a time. But oh. location was different. So, all right, all right. Then I'm then I'm definitely willing to cut a little bit more yeah. slack. I still think it's funny, but my headcanon is that uh, the the doctor <laughs> has visited some other planet where, for some reason, they speak English, but they pronounce that word chitness. Yeah, that makes complete and total <laughs> sense. I 100% believe it. Tom Baker would famously say, like, you know, uh, I some, somewhere along the lines of like, oh, you're like, why do you, why are you holding the water up to your ear like that, or something like this? Like, well, I, I've been to a planet where people like communicate by listening by here listening to water glasses of water next to their ear or something similar uh-huh. like that. So that entirely fits mm-hmm. Doctor Who is an alien. So works out. Anything, uh, anything else you want to mention about uh, these two episodes? None at all. Nothing at all. Serendipity. <laughs> what a clue. That's what I first uh, heard this word. So when they came out with that movie with Kate Beckinsale and John Cusack many years later, I thought, I know what that word means. And so I, I was going to, that whole movie was spoiled by me because <laughs> I knew what the word meant. And so I just waiting the whole movie for them to show up together at the end of it. Did you see that movie? Yeah, I yeah. did. I also knew what the word serendipity was, but I didn't think the movie was spoiled. 
Well, I just knew they were going to get together. It was a nice Nick Drake song at the climax of the film. That was my main memory of it. It was a romantic comedy. That's of right. course they were going to get together at the end. I know. <laughs> just like Joe and Professor Jones. Maybe they don't. How do we know? Maybe Professor Jones is going to succumb to his green death illness at the end of episode five. I was actually quite impressed by the makeup. Uh, when you first see the close-up of him uh, in bed, I was like, wow, he's got a real ugly bruise on his yep. neck there. And that was before it had been glowing or anybody else had noticed it it was just like that was just very cleverly nicely done little bit of camera work and stuff well what it was is the same makeup Mm -hmm. but uh with just your standard television lights on it but then the next shot they flipped on the old front axial projection shot Uh and therefore made it glow cool that's neat yeah wow i'm i'm in a way even more impressed that the makeup by itself didn't look like just looked like a really good well done created bruise you know Mm -hmm. nice yeah Uh, I learned all about front axial projection in the making of Silver Nemesis uh, PBS special Mm -hmm. from 1988 they, they went through like a whole process. It was way before Doctor Who Confidential. They like, like three minutes worth on this process. So I know everything about front axial proje- uh, projection. And when it's used mm-hmm. in this, in many Doctor Who episodes, in Neverwhere mm-hmm. for Peter Capaldi's cloak, in Superman, the movie, oh, yeah. all their white cloaks are done with front axial projection. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fancy stuff. Green Death did it first. <laughs> First ever? No, probably not. I would like to know the history of front axial projection, though, because I would. I just want to know these things. That's all. Fair, fair. Yeah. Yep. Um, Mm -hmm. I was not. I had forgotten that Mike Yates went in semi undercover. Yeah. Um, but still was not remotely moved by the doctor's pleas to try to get him to stop the the uh the bombing the or the explosion and then later there's bombing and this is like this is a really uh classic brigadier story where he gets to blow sh- stuff up <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> blow stuff up right uh and then bomb things yep. with uh with hand grenades dropped from helicopters, helicopters. yeah yep. uh-huh yep and uh, and it's also perfectly stereotypically brigadierish because none of that works. Nope. And actually, one of the things makes it makes it worse is the uh, the because it was the explosion in the first place that forced them up and out. Mm-hmm. And I did like the the direction on the scene where he says, "Just t- you know, we won't see any of those creepy crawlies again. Take my word for it." And everybody just stays silent for a second. And then they turn and they look at him and he kind of like gets uncomfortable. And I was like, that's a great scene. That was really lovely. <laughs> Everyone loves the Brigadier. Uh, which says creepy crawlies. I never thought I'd fire my pistol at a dreaded caterpillar. You know, that sort of... <laughs> in anger. In anger at a, at a, at a caterpillar. Um, yeah, I, I liked that scene between Yates and... Because, you know, at first you think they're keeping up the pretense. But no, it's the doctor genuinely angry yep. at everything. And, and I feel like Yates is like not even he's kind of just sort of like towing the the line as well not even you know, it's just two guys arguing without um, the pretense of disguise yeah the very subversive uh couple of episodes like when the doctor's sitting there and you know he's he's going off on computers as was the style at the time computers yeah. are evil machines yeah. but then you know when he's sitting in the um the chair there having a chat with stevens and he's going you know like uh, uh you know all the profits to global chemicals you know what's good for global chemicals is good for the world freedom from freedom like it's very very subversive stuff here yeah i mean it's just like very anti-fascist yeah. in a way and uh 
Also, when the doctor is first confronting and meeting boss and learning what he is, and yeah, he's, you know, all that anti-computer stuff. Mm. But also, it's just like the the big bad in this story is capitalism. It's a CEO, basically. Yeah. Boss is the CEO who is high on his own supply. What, that certainly doesn't sound familiar at all no. uh, in this day and age. CEOs ruining the world? What? Mm-hmm. No. So it just like that whole sequence was very... You know, kind of like the the environmental realities of the first few episodes were feeling like, oh, man, that's just too real. Now we've gotten to the capitalism and CEOs really suck part of it. That's Mm -hmm. like, no, no, that's too real. I know. And it's 1973 and you think, oh, it'll just get better from here. But then the 80s came along and we're all like celebrating capitalism and movies and stuff. And it's just, yeah, sad in a way, isn't it? It is very sad. Mm. Yep. It's just like we're here we are again. Here we are again. Um Yeah. I did like the touch that Boss is not just a machine, that his connection to Steven's brain mm-hmm. um makes him somewhat more flexible and occasionally inefficient and like, you know, it's it's sort of techno babbly in a way like it's not completely explained um you know and then the doctor tries to captain kirk the Mm -hmm. (laughs) captain kirk the robot and it doesn't quite work it's about to and then stevens comes in so it's 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 kind of interesting that it's having its cake and eating it too like it's having it both ways like we can use some of the same tropes that we would use on a straight up machine but we don't have to adhere strictly to that because we also have the uh the human brain sort of wrapped up in there as mm-hmm. well um and it's it's interesting too just the relationship between boss and stevens all the way through like from the moment that you discover that there's somebody else yeah. it's like, stevens is not he's not brainwashed it's no. like this is part of his brain that is con- i don't i don't know if they're actually still connected in any way or if he's just like this is my brain created this therefore i will follow it mm-hmm. um he and he really seems to believe that the world will be better off if everybody had freedom from freedom and uh we're just you know mindless drones yeah not having to be fearful or hungry it's all it's almost more chilling when he comes to that conclusion on his own as opposed to being brainwashed by a computer you know yeah yeah because you know obviously there are people who feel that way and that's the that that's creepy folks yeah. no thank you mm-hmm like yeah, we have just good old, good old, uh, good old Peel from the Sandbaggers back again because he's a lot, he's a lot more pliable and, <laughs> and fun than Stevens. Same actor played both. You see, that's why I say that. We can always just watch some some of the Sandbaggers and we'll get that. Although in some episodes he's sort of a villain too. That's so true. that's mm-hmm. true. Stamping down Burnside and his well, Burnside's a bit of a villain too in a way. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. Yeah. The one of the original antiheroes. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Um, what else? What do you think about uh, the doctor's various disguises during uh, the, um, the 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 global chemicals heist? If this was a, I, as I was watching it, I kept you know thinking, seeing little yellow text along the bottom of the screen. You know, find a way to get into global chemicals, and you have to find a disguise or something like that. And the alarm goes off. I was expecting like three little flashing stars or something at the top right of the screen, like you're doing a heist in Grand Theft Auto Online. But uh, that, you've been playing too much GTA. Way too much. Uh-huh. Way too much. Uh, it was. I, honestly, the the thing that I liked best about it is how much fun it seemed like John Pertwee was having. Mm-hmm. Like it was 
it was something silly for the kitties, I'm sure, yeah. you know, just amusing. That's that's not the kind of thing that actually amuses me as a viewer. I can take it or leave it. Um, but I do enjoy it when I can tell that the actors are having a good time right. sometimes. And him, you know, getting to do a Welsh accent and just burble on until uh-huh. the, the security guard is just like, I don't have time for this. Go yeah. away. Please, please just go away. Um, and, that you know, they, they played the cross-dressing uh uh, cleaning lady stuff for laughs but not in a way that felt i don't know insulting or or you know transphobic or anything like that it was mm. just you know it was just funny like yeah. in a in a very sort of wholesome kind of way and there was no embarrassment really about it so it was nice yeah uh i want to did you notice at all um that poor james uh the mr james guy who who features in two scenes uh to, to basically be introduced and then die um did you did you notice him at all and why he was there i seem to remember that i do know the reason for it but i can't i can't bring it to mind so just go ahead and, and explain it for everybody oh yeah i only said that but just to get you know if you thought wait wait why is this guy here because the guy who played elgin uh, in between production block two and production block three, which is four and five, uh, he fell ill, and so they he couldn't be there for the for the last recording block. So they basically he was only he only had two scenes left essentially, because mm-hmm. you, you saw you know the guy who un- unlocked the door, please unlock yeah. the door, and then he was going to get brainwashed, uh, and then he would have shown up essentially to, you know try to kill or keep an eye on Yates and then Yates would have unbrainwashed him and then he would have been killed. So that would have been the end of Elgin. So they got Roy Skelton voice the Daleks ah. and Westar in the previous story that we had Planet of the Daleks to basically come in for a day and, and do that short little scene. So to sort of bridge oh, okay. the gap. Yeah. So that's why he was there. It, you know, it seems weird that to just sort of introduce a brand new character, but that is the reason why. And I was just curious if you as a viewer, not necessarily knowing all the behind the scenes guff and all that so would have noticed that wait a second who's this guy but it looks like it was somewhat seamless for you yeah it was i mean honestly i maybe it was when we were watching episode four i was thinking now i know somebody random is supposed to show up at some point because somebody got sick or something so I, like i oh, knew okay. that was coming right. and even though i was kind of looking for it it didn't even occur to me when we had that guy show like i feel like in m- big multi-part stories where you've got more than four parts mm-hmm. having situations and characters and scenes just pop up out of nowhere it just feels very normal to doctor who to me yep. so having an extra guy to be the heavy it, fine like it just it was fine good. yep good mm-hmm. works for me um anything else left for these two episodes I don't think so. No? No. Okay. But you're liking it though, right? Oh, yeah. No? Mm-hmm. That's good. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see uh, what we have to be depressed about, uh, capitalism or <laughs> uh, environmental concerns or something else in the last episode of The Green Death coming soon on Lazy Doctor Who. On the Incomparable Podcast Network. <laughs> Goodbye, Stephen. Goodbye. <laughs>